Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers on the broadcast today. We're talking to the Democratic presidential candidate, not Joe Biden, Marianne Williamson. She's here for the whole show on all new Nevada Newsmakers. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NB Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Truck drivers are some of the hardest working people you'll meet, delivering over 70% of America's freight and 92% of Nevada's. When there's a natural disaster, they're delivering critical supplies to help those communities recover and rebuild. Every sector of the economy and our nation's military rely on truck drivers. So let's take a moment to say thank you. On the open road or city streets, our truck drivers are rolling to make our economy and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Pro Group Management offers workers' comp services to a growing number of industries. As businesses grow and change with the times, the need for a solid workers' comp program must be flexible and up-to-date. The evolving nature of regulations can make staying ahead of complex tasks challenging. But Pro Group Management simplifies the work so your industry can move forward and succeed. Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. The Nevada Builders Alliance has been protecting the interests of the construction industry for over 50 years. Our programs save members thousands of dollars every year and allow them to provide much-needed benefits to their employees. Our industry also allows Nevada to grow. If you're thinking about a career in the construction industry, reach out. And if you haven't thought of a career in construction, what are you waiting for? We are the Nevada Builders Alliance. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad on No Holds Barred Political Forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers Broadcast Headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we're delighted to welcome to the program for the first time, Marianne Williamson. She is the Democratic presidential candidate. Joe Biden is not the only one running for that office. It is a pleasure to have you here on the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, what I want to do to start this off is to say to the audience, to please go to your website. Thank you. Because there's lots of information on there about you and your history. And also I found the Wikipedia page on you was also fascinating. Lots of information about you. Because we could take up the whole program just talking about who you are and what you've done. But you're a best-selling author. You ran for Congress in California. You ran <coughs> in 2020 in the presidential election. And now you're running again. And so I wanted to start out by asking you about a couple of current uh, issues. The first one would be your thoughts on what's happening between Israel and Hamas. What's happening uh, between Israel and Hamas uh, is something that must be seen within the context of the last several decades. On one hand, we must in no way allow ourselves or anyone around us to minimize the horror, the barbarism, or the terrorism of October 7th. Nor should we uh, in any way uh, minimize the legitimacy of Israel defending itself, 
nor should we uh, minimize in any way the legitimacy of Israel to even exist. All those things having been said, we should also recognize that occupation is illegal. Those settlements are illegal and the siege of Gaza has been wrong. Now, not every Palestinian is Hamas and not every Israeli is Benjamin Netanyahu. But Benjamin Netanyahu's, uh, his trajectory, I don't know if he started out, really you could say, as a far right prime minister, but he has become that. And he has surrounded himself with a far right candidate. Clearly, their policies towards the Palestinians have been wrong, have been wrong-minded, and have proved to be a spectacular failure. What we need is a ceasefire. We need to continue. Two, we need a complete release of all those hostages, and we need to get about immediately a plan for a two-state solution. Given what has happened now, obviously, there needs to be an international consortium that is part of this conversation. You see that Qatar has been very involved in the hostage release. Uh, so this is not just about the United States or, or, or Europe, far from it. Uh, Jordan, Bahrain, Egypt, Qatar, UAE. Um, there needs to be an international consortium. It's important to remember, these Arab leaders do not want to see a larger regional war in the area. They're horrified at the thought of Iran getting involved here. It is in everyone's interest, except maybe Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, to get on with this uh, two-state solution and a two-state solution now. One of the issues that is not really talked about very much because of the horrors that we are seeing on a daily basis um, is the fact that Iran has funded this, that Hamas, their objective is to have a never-ending war. Um, and they have not been a friend of the Palestinian people that they claim to represent. Um, what is your thoughts on Iran's situation plus Israel's relationship that has come about uh, because of the Abraham Accords and also the relationship that's building with Saudi <coughs> Arabia that has been under the table for many years but has now come to the surface. Well, Hamas wants more than endless war. They want the eradication of Israel. Yes. And so does Iran. And they have been saying this for a very long time and no one should doubt uh, their seriousness, their desires to basically make Israel an unlivable place, that people just, it wouldn't be worth it. That, that is their stated goal, their overt goal, and no one should doubt that they mean it. In terms of the Abraham Accords, as well as the uh, proposed deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel, which is pretty much scuttled now, the Abraham Accords represent the fact that there are many Arab leaders who go, yeah, let's just get on with it, you know. Uh, let's have great economic uh, relationships uh, with Israel and everybody can, uh, everybody can prosper. The problem there is that in the Abraham Accords, there continued to be a basic dismissal of the rights of the Palestinians. There were provisions there for the Palestinians to possibly do well, but within the stricture of the fact that they were still under, under occupation. So, first of all, this did not make uh, Palestinians happy, and it's one of the reasons that Hamas felt this was the time this was the time. Secondly, the same basic situation we're talking about here, uh, in a, in a, if you're talking about a security deal between uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia, which is what those conversations were, Iran did not like that. So the Abraham Accords and Saudi Arabia and Israel talking, 
their mindset, the mindset of someone like Netanyahu, was, oh, this is progress with a complete blind spot. Just like his moving so much military to protect the settlements and leaving that wall uh, with Gaza. Complete blind spot and arrogance, as, as though nobody else was even looking or thinking strategically in terms of how they would respond. But the big question is, if you change the leadership in the Palestinian territories to come up with a two-state solution, who becomes the leaders that Israel can deal with? Because right now, Mahmoud <coughs> Abbas of the Palestinian Authority is certainly, uh, well, beyond the fact that he's very old, uh, but is completely I untrustworthy. Let's be very clear. He, he, when you say he's untrustworthy, he's untrustworthy for the Palestinian yes. people. That's true. I'm not so sure he's untrustworthy for Israel. They've had a deal for a long time. In terms of the Palestinian people, clearly, and, and he has, there's no successor, and, and there have not been elections for how many years now? So that's a serious problem for the Palestinian people. On the other hand, it's certainly a lot better than Hamas leaving you. Let's change topics to Ukraine. Um, that's been pushed a little to the back burner, not a lot to the back burner, but a little. Um, your thoughts on where the United States should be in this? Because it, it appears to me that we are fighting war with Russia over Ukraine without sending troops. Well, this is the proverbial proxy war uh, description. Uh, my thoughts have been somewhat in flux recently. Um, clearly, the United States played footloose and fancy free when it came to NATO. The Aegis missile should never have been in Poland and so forth. But I have... Uh, been very clear in my own mind that none of that was justification for Vladimir Putin to uh, invade a sovereign nation. But there has been a story from uh, pretty much the very beginning of all this that has only gained more and more credence. And that has to do with the a visit that Boris Johnson made to Zelensky. It really is looking like very early in this process, the Russians were ready to make a deal as long as, as um, Ukraine did not enter NATO. Even when I heard that story early, I thought, well, Ukraine should be able to decide for itself whether or not it wants to um, enter NATO. I'm wondering now, because if you look at the fact that basically they're in a stalemate. They're, this is just a war of attrition. The counter, uh, the counter offensive that we hoped would be more successful on the part of the Ukrainians, clearly was not, and now we're in winter. Um, so what can happen now except a continuance of the horror? So there was a meeting in Saudi Arabia. The Chinese were there, the Americans were there. I think it's important we remember, it's a multipolar world now. It's, it's China, it's Russia, well, Russia obviously in that one. Um, Brazil, India. Um, no actual plan came out of that meeting. But uh, as an American president, I think it's time for another one. Um, and, and what would your resolution be? Because all wars don't end with fighting, but they end with diplomacy. Of course, and that's what that meeting would be about. So the issue is, it's, listen, nobody for quite a while has thought that this could end any other way than with a negotiated settlement. That's the only way that this can end, is with a negotiated settlement. I have felt, let it end, in a way that there still is a Ukraine to be negotiated. I know that Zelensky and those around him want all, all of it. We, we want all of it. And I also understand, you know, there are two um, juxtapositional uh, perspectives here, both of which are true. 
If you say to Vladimir Putin, okay, we get, we get how you work. You're gonna come, you're gonna grab some land, and then you're gonna go away for a while. Then you're gonna come, you're gonna grab some more land, and then you're gonna go away for a while. And then what? Some say, oh, he'll stop. Listen, I'm among those who would say not necessarily. I also understand that this is a bad message to give Xi. It's a bad message to give Erdogan. It's a bad message to give quite a few people in the world who would have no problem uh, invading other countries to get what they want and are looking very closely to see how the United States and other Western powers would react. On the other hand, how, how long can this go on? How much more death, how much more horror? So diplomacy has to do, first of all, with conversation. The conversation precedes the action. And, and that's what I, why I said it's time for another conversation. It's time for another round of international talks about this. All right, let's take a break. We'll have more with Marianne Williamson, Democratic presidential candidate, after this timeout. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. It's the $200,000 Cars and Cash giveaways at Carson Valley Inn. Cash and prize drawings Thursdays and Saturdays. Plus, win a 2023 Ford F-150 or we'll pay you cash instead. Don't miss your chance to play and win. Cars and Cash at the Carson Valley Inn. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development. Building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Marianne Williamson. She is a Democratic presidential candidate. And as I said earlier, I highly recommend that uh, all of you in the audience uh, go to her website to find out more information about her and also look at her Wikipedia page. Uh, it really is quite fascinating. Um, one more piece about uh, the war in Ukraine, um, which is that um, Senator Jackie Rosen of Nevada told me on this program that from the very beginning of the war, the United States Senate had agreed to backstop all the weaponry that we were sending to Ukraine. Um, we would pay for it here in the United States and replenish the weaponry. What are your thoughts on that and how much money we're talking about here? Well, there are two issues there. One has to do with what the senator referred to, which is basically for as long as it takes. That has been the president's, um, uh, the president's basic policy. I have agreed with the president up until that point which is really what you and I were talking about, at what point? Uh, secondly, my disagreement there has to do with the kinds of weaponry that the president has been willing to send. I'm very concerned um, that some of these cluster bombs are sent. Uh, I'm very concerned about white phosphorus. So I think that the United States needs to uh, adhere to international standards in ways that we do not always do, whether it has to do with Ukraine or Gaza. Um, 
the United States should not be involved in anything that has to do with um, uh, weapons of war that are known to be beyond the pale. What, what do you think, though, of the financial cost of the United States at a time when we're $33 trillion in debt? We cannot allow the size of our debt to determine our international uh, uh, responsibilities. All right, let us change topics and bring them back home to the United States. Obviously, the biggest topic is the economy. Your thoughts on where we are and what fixes, <coughs> if you were to be elected president, that you would push forward uh, to fix our economy? Over the last 50 years, there has been a $50 trillion transfer of wealth away from the bottom 90% of Americans. You say that we have a terrible economy, which on, uh, uh, you know, you can either say we have a good economy or we have a terrible economy. I, I did not say, by the way, we have a terrible economy. Right. <laughs> we have a good economy for 20% of Americans. And that's the point here. So when you say it's good, the question is for whom? In the 1970s, the average American could afford a car, could afford a house, could afford a car, and could afford to send their kids to college. That was called a thriving middle class. We do not have a thriving middle class today. We have the greatest income inequality that we've had in almost 100 years. And like I said, uh, if you're in that top 20%, things are pretty good for you. But there is a whole world outside that 20% of invisibilized suffering, where one in four Americans live with medical debt, where one-third of America's workers live on uh, less than $15 an hour and half of them cannot find a place to live, where half of our seniors live on $25,000 and less a year. So I'm very concerned about the economy, not simply in terms of the size of our debt, but in terms of the size of the, the vast sea of human despair that is a consequence of such an unfair economy. Our economy is not currently governed by adherence to the will of the people or adherence to the idea that our government should provide for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of its people. Our governing principle today is short-term profit maximization for huge corporate entities. Their uh, presumed entitlement. So we have, for instance, a lack of universal health care because of the institutionalized greed of the insurance companies. We have over a million people rationing their insulin because of the institutionalized greed of the pharmaceutical companies, and on and on and on. That is the aspect of the uh, American economy that most concerns me. It's basically immoral. It is the economy of an oligarchy rather than a democracy. You know, the late Supreme Court, Louis Brandeis, said, you can either have large amounts of money concentrated in the hands of a few, or you can have democracy, you cannot have both. Okay, so, so let me, okay. you, you picked up a lot of things there. The first thing I would say to you, and this goes back into reading about you as mm -hmm. well, how do you feel about capitalism? Listen, I'm a writer, okay? I'm an author and I've made a success, a, a very successful Thank author. you, and I've made a nice living. That is, to me, so that has given me uh, an experience of the high side of the free market. Energy given, energy taken away. The author puts in energy, gets energy back. The publisher puts in energy, gets energy back. The consumer puts in energy, gets energy back. One, the, the energy of, of production. One, the energy of money. Or, or, or the energy of value of reading the book. I get it. Capitalism, the high side of capitalism, I'm all for. But what has happened in the last 50 years 
is what I think of as a soulless, unfettered, vulture capitalism, crony capitalism, that has been allowed to override democratic and humanitarian values. I believe in capitalism with appropriate guardrails. That is what we've had in our society, and yet in the last 50 years, everything from uh, tearing down Glass-Steagall and all other kinds of ways that, for instance, after the Great Depression, uh, a generation made sure uh, the capital would not be able to override the rights of the people uh, were, were placed into, uh, uh, were codified and have now been torn down. So it's not inherent to capitalism. It's inherent to human greed. It's inherent right, to but, a lack okay, of ethics. What about supply and demand? For example, during COVID, mm -hmm. we saw minimum rates blown out the window because if you were going to pay minimum wage, <coughs> you weren't going to get employees. Okay. And we saw the need. We saw businesses having to re react to that need, and therefore wages went up. The flip side of that was that costs went up to the public as well. So you have that constant balancing act here. The other thing I would point out to you is that at least in two union situations, uh, the UAW has struck some of the best deals they've ever had with Detroit. And here in Nevada, the Culinary Union has done an amazing job of boosting, I believe it's somewhere around 32% over the next couple of years, the wages of their workers. So the unions seem to be making a comeback here in the United States, and supply and demand seems to be working. I'm not sure how you change that um, if you don't have capitalism. I, I, I didn't say that we shouldn't have capitalism. Capitalism isn't a switch you turn off and on. But there are uh, countries in this world where, particularly, let's say, someone like Scandinavia, where there are hybrid systems. Yes, the, the government should do the following. The government, the first principle here is that the government brokers a balance between individual liberty, which includes economic liberty, and a concern for the common good. And what is left out too often is this idea of the common good. Everything that you just said, I come back with, yes, and we should not have hungry children Agreed. in the richest country in the world. So something is not working there. We have the highest poverty rate of any advanced democracy, and that includes, of course, the highest child poverty rate. When you talk about the UAW, when you talk about the invigoration of the labor union, it's fantastic. However, think how much human suffering had to occur before people had gotten to the point where enough was enough and they would rise up. So it should never have gotten as bad as it got. I think, I think that the negotiations based on the profit of those corporations was the result of the unions being able to have the leverage to be able to say, you're making so much money, if you don't pay us what we're worth, we're going to have to go on strike. That's absolutely I, I, true. I, I have to take a quick break okay. here because we have to make money to pay for this thing. So we'll okay. be right back after this timeout. Tis the season for the Holiday Cash Express at Tamarack Casino. We're trimming the tree with weekly cash giveaways, including a $5,000 winner every Saturday, plus $70,000 in grand prize stocking stuffers, including two $15,000 Holiday Cash winners guaranteed. It's a good time to win at Tamarack Casino. Big R is Northern Nevada's number one golden fire wood pellet supplier. More heat, less ash, 100% natural, and no additives. And there's only one place that stocks this many wood pellets, and that's Big R in Sparks, Winnemucca, Fallon, Fernley, and Lovelock. A river of wood pellets at Big R. 
For 50 years, Nevada Heating has been keeping people comfortable in their homes. At Nevada Heating, call the Do It Right guys and get the heat back on today. Call us today and we'll fix it today. That's the Nevada Heating way. Why freeze for days on end when Nevada Heating can get your furnace fixed today? Call us today and we'll fix it today at 323-5585 or schedule us on our website at nevadaheating.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Democratic presidential candidate Marianne Williamson. So to end this, I want to bring up the fact that the White House doesn't say anything about you. The DNC doesn't have anything to say to support you. And to win a presidential campaign is going to take a billion dollars. Yeah. And you have not, you have put in a lot of your own money, but yeah. you have not raised a billion dollars. How do you see this playing out? Or are you really running to get your message out about what's wrong and right with our country and to influence the Biden administration? When you say that the Biden administration has had nothing to say about me, his press secretary has actually mocked me on the presidential podium. So that's not to say nothing. They have taken that action. Secondly, the DNC is a huge corporate interest. It is a private corporation, actually. And it has decided that it uh, has the uh, right to simply anoint uh, Joe Biden. That is very undemocratic. Our Constitution says that in order to be qualified to be president, you had to have been born here. You have to be 35 years old or older. You have to be have lived here for 14 years. George Washington warned us about just this type of overreach of power by political parties. Okay, but the reality is that to win a presidential election, you have to have a billion or more I was dollars. going to get to that. Uh, and that's what well, we're almost out of time. I'm sorry. So. Well, many people, including here in Nevada, are recognizing that. Uh, I do not have the money that the DNC has and all of its corporate donors. What I have is standing ovations in most of the talks that I give. What I have is young people who are recognizing they shouldn't have to live at the effect of bad economic ideas from the last uh, century. I am in this to win this because I believe that this country needs to make a U-turn. Uh, if I do not win this in terms of enough people recognizing what's going on, going to Marianne2024.com, sending me money, then um, I, I, I think that that will be unfortunate for me and for many people who agree with this agenda. But you stand up for your country. Uh, and, and, abolitionists and, and, had, oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize, but okay. that's where we have to leave it because we are out of time. You are welcome to come back on your next Thank trip you. to Nevada. I've enjoyed visiting with Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back. The casino industry drove Nevada's economy for decades. By the 1990s, however, the state's sole industry was in sharp decline. Many were losing their homes. Many were leaving the state. Is Reno on track to be the Detroit of the West? was an October 2010 Reno Gazette Journal headline. Nevada knew it was time for a change and a time to diversify. Story County took that lead, took risks, invested tens of millions transforming its desert into a place of opportunity and a future for Nevada families needing something new. That desert now provides thousands of high paying tech, advanced manufacturing and energy careers at companies like Tesla, Panasonic, Google, Switch and Redwood Materials. Story County transformed Northern Nevada forever and the tide of opportunity has raised all vessels through construction contracts, high paying careers and the power of payroll. Tens of millions have been generated in sales and property tax, permits and other revenues for Reno, Sparks, Washoe County, 
and for all of Nevada. Enough, in fact, to generate a surplus after public services are provided. And best of all, a sustainable economic climate has been created, enabling our children to stay in Nevada and live prosperous lives in their home state. Story County, improving Northern Nevada one industry at a time. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Thanks for watching Nevada Newsmakers. You can catch us online 24 hours a day at nevadanewsmakers.com or you can download the podcast wherever you like to get your podcast. We'll see you on the next broadcast.